well, it looks like our, our renowned uh, vet contributor here, Pete Weatherburn from uh, Brave Vet and Old Connor and PeteTheVet.com, is moving along to the more, uh, I suppose, the areas of uh, intellectual uh, discussions because he's uh, just uh, written a letter to the new scientist and he had it published. Standard must be. <laughs> anyway, Pete, you're very welcome. Good morning. Yeah, I've been subscribing to New Scientist for the last year. And so you get the magazine through the door once a week and you also get access to it online. And I really, really enjoy it. Partly for veterinary science because they're actually very good at bringing animal stories to the fore through New Scientist. But also just like I've been learning about everything from astronomy to quantum computers to human medicine, all sorts of stuff. But just um, a couple of weeks ago, they, they did a big feature about vegan pet food. Um, and um, it was a very well-written feature, but it was a little bit one-sided. Um, and um, some details of it I didn't agree with, so I felt the need to write a wee letter to them. To rebalance. Okay, so which side were they taking? Well, they were taking the very pro-vegan pet food side. So... Basically, there was a, there's, there's, a, there's a very strong advocate for vegetarian and vegan pet food in the UK, UK. He's an academic called Andrew Knight, and he's a vet with a very, very strong animal welfare um, uh, desire. And, and he has been promoting vegan and vegetarian pet food very strongly. And one of the things that he did is that he did a, uh, a survey of thousands of dog and cat owners who had their... Um, pets on vegan pet food and he asked them about how many health issues they had and um, on the basis of that he, he sort of concluded right. that it's healthier but, it, but his study was critiqued by people saying well actually look it's owner reported stuff they're not necessarily going to tell you exactly what really really did happen so you need to be more objective than that so there's a lot of discussion in the veterinary world about well, all well, this stuff explain it to me because mm. it's either he's coming from a, a desire to have the world be vegan and vegetarian and he's fitting the pets in mm. or else there's a good scientific reason why um, pets, we say pets in particular mm. uh, are, are being vegan or vegetarian. I mean th there is a case that we can survive um, with plants uh, mm. only and maybe save the planet but I don't know about evolution of dogs. Yes, well and the thing is that the, the truth you see is somewhere between the, the, the both extreme views. Truth is that dogs certainly can survive very very well on vegan food. No problem at all. Dogs are metabolically they're omnivores so they don't actually need meat. Even though people think about dogs as loving meat so much how can you be so cruel as not to give them meat? They actually can survive very very well um, on vegan food as long as it's properly formulated so that we know that nutritionally and chemically it's it's complete. Dogs can survive very well. Um, and for dogs, to be honest, a lot of dogs eat dry kibble anyway. And as far as a dog's concerned, whether there's meat ingredients or plant ingredients, as long as it's tasty enough, dogs are quite happy. Um, and so it doesn't make a huge difference to them. Now, the thing is this, cats are very, very different. Cats are what's called obligate carnivores. In other words, they need to eat meat. They need that. Their metabolism needs that. They have certain nutrients that are only available from meat 
Um, and that's why you can't just feed a cat on vegan food. And if you do, you're likely to get into real bother, serious bother, with cats becoming very, Are we very talking ill. B12 or something like that. It's 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 more complicated. B12 was one of them, but there's there's other there's other nutrients, um, essential fatty acids that can only be got from animal tissue, um, and other vitamins as well. So it's, it's it's really very important that you look into the detail very closely. And in fact, as well as my letter, it's about something else which I'll come to. There was a letter from a. A, um, a, a vet who lectures in pet nutrition, he was making the point that whenever he's questioned people who promote vegan pet food, they've never been able to answer um, how to get these particular nutrients from yeah. a vegan source. But because I'm just wondering about um, the, the vet's, um, you know, in, initial argument, is it based on, as, as I asked you, of mm. uh, this, it's, it's healthier for the it's planet or is it healthier for the actual living animal themselves? Well, you see, it's, it's, um, the argument is that it's healthier for the planet, for sure. So there's it's, an agenda it's, it's, from the... Yeah, from it's, the be- it's better for animal welfare as well because you don't have to kill animals to to feed your pets but but um the question is is it worse for your pet's health or better for your pet's health the answer is the research that the chap did suggested it was better for their health i think most vets would believe it's actually fairly neutral it doesn't make it better or worse um for dogs but there's a risk with cats that it could make it worse so you have to be very careful with cats but i wrote to the my letter was about something else declan and that's that um, the, the the article about vegan pet foods and about how it's better for the environment to have vegan food and so on, it didn't really discuss something else, which I think is even more exciting, which is feeding insect-based foods, and and that's different again. So so basically, what what insect-based foods means is that you're you're growing um, insect larvae. They actually use something called the black soldier fly. You. F- put these larvae into into big boxes and you feed them on waste plant material so like wonky vegetables from the supermarket or vegetables that are, or fruit that's gone out of date you feed them on that and they then create protein which is much more like meat than other plant-based um products and so and the other thing is that it's it's much more palatable insects although they sound a bit yucky to us i've i've done trials with dogs and if you put vegan food in front of them and insect food in front of them, and meat in front of them, they eat the insects equally happily as they'll eat the meat-based, and they won't be quite so interested in the vegan-based. So I think that there's a... And the main thing is that insect-based food um, reduces the the impact on, on the environment massively. The, 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 the concern people have about livestock production is the greenhouse gas emissions, and insect production compared to um, general livestock meat production it reduces um, the greenhouse gas uh, output by over 95%, so it makes a very big difference. And what's really exciting is there's an Irish insect-based food that's been launched recently. It's called Omu, which is O-M-U-U. If you go to omu.com, you'll see. And basically, this is a, a young Irish vet who's passionate about the idea of saving the world, if you like, through pet food. And so he's created this insect-based food. Um, and um, I, I think it's a great product. And I, I think that if you look at look at the, the the present, probably only around one percent of pets are fed on vegan or insect based foods. I think that will probably grow to ten or twenty percent over the coming decades. Right. There was a, a woman I spoke to, maybe oh, could be five. Time just runs away; I can never tell. Uh, but in Blessington, who'd started a company, mm. um, and it was insect food. She was you insect know, food, for- cultivating insects, and then selling, you know, the insects to eat. 
for humans. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know when I was、um, a backpacker back in my twenties, I was in Thailand, and one of the things that I ate was a silkworm that had been. Put into an oven and heated up and cooked, and it looked like a great big maggot, and it looked absolutely disgusting. But they were all eating them, and they get sort of offer you one, and you just out of politeness had to eat the thing, and it tasted like creamed sweet corn, really very very pleasant, just、mm-hmm. just a bit、um, odd to think about and a bit odd to to look at. But when you have it in your mouth and you're eating it, well, it was quite tasty. So maybe it's a hurdle, a mental hurdle we all need to get over for ourselves and for our pets. Yeah, but are the silkworms、um, cruelly? Well, no, actually, that's a very good point because I did ask.、Um, I asked Frank, who's behind Omu Pet Foods, how they kill them because that's important. And what they do is they actually chill them.、Um, they chill them and then they deep freeze them. So as far as they're concerned,、um, it feels like winter's coming on, if you like, and so they go into hibernation. And once they're safely hibernating, well, then they're crushed and that's that's the end of it. So there would be absolutely no sensation on their part of. Of pain or discomfort, <laughs> Declan. These things are important. <laughs> of course, yeah, yeah. I'm just listening to you. Just, <laughs> you know, as you go through and tell us all about it.、Yes. Yeah. So, do you see this、uh, the future? Oh, by the way, did you get、um, a, a good response from the vet himself in the New Scientist who came up with the original article? No, I know they, they didn't respond. Usually, they respond to letters, but he hasn't responded to the letter so、right. far. Anyway, that might be different when the print version comes. So this has just gone up online today,、okay. so it's a bit early. He probably has、um, a, a, the, a bounty the, on your head or something. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the main thing to stress is whatever you feed your pet, it has to be nutritionally complete, and you have to be sure of that. And it must say that on the bag. If it says it on the bag, then you know that legally it's been. Checked so that it is nutritionally complete. That's the most important thing, and we only see problems as vets when people f- feed f- odd things that aren't nutritionally complete, like cats fed on nothing but liver or dogs fed on nothing but porridge. Those are the animals that get into serious trouble. So if you try to feed your cat on carrots and broccoli, that's a big fail.、Yeah. Your dog, your cat will get sick and, and die. What about cow's milk? A lot of people say, "Oh, look at the little cat! Oh, give him some、uh, cow's milk." Well, it's quite specific that one, but cats don't have the enzyme lactase to digest lactose, suggest the sugar in, in in milk. So if they have anything but a little bit of milk, they're likely to get diarrhea. So that's probably something to avoid. But I wouldn't get hung up on it. Okay, all right, all right. Thanks very much indeed, Pete.、Okay. For for all that,、uh, you can now spend the next、uh, hour, no, minute and a half talking about phones. <laughs> yeah, you and I—that's a private conversation, <laughs> Declan. <laughs> so,、uh, where are you at at the moment? Oh, phones. Well, I'm on a Pixel Six. Google Pixel Fix. It's a great phone, best phone I've ever had. It's a year old now, and they've just released. Google Pixel Seven, so I'm looking at it with a little bit of temptation, but I don't think my my current phone is bad enough for me to to need yeah, the new、yeah. one. And what about、I'll, the battery life? Battery life is it's a day, you know, you, it, it almost never runs out. How often do you use、videos. it, though? That's the thing. That's it. Does depend on that an awful lot, doesn't it? I think if you use any phone all the time, continually, you're going to run out after half a day, probably. Yeah. But for for occasional use, like most of us have with our phones, I think most of the the current generation of phones are. are We'll get you from morning till early、okay. evening, at least. Yeah. Just one last thing. I only have、uh, what forty-five seconds. The traffic coming up、uh, from Old Connor onto、uh, Dublin Road to Castle Street and all that. Does it ever let up?、Uh, it, it, you know, 
there's times of the day when it's fine, but that's one of the reasons why I cycle to work, because I, I can predictably get from home. To, I, I live near the station here on Killarney Road. I can predictably get to work in, 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 in seven minutes, whereas if I drive, it could take me half an hour sometimes, yeah. It's yeah. a big issue, the traffic, isn't it? Yeah, well, mm. I was on public transport. It's 28 minutes, that's uh, from Windsor Motors to here. Oh, well, that's appalling. On a 145. Oh, good grief. 28 you'd be, minutes. You'd be much quicker walking down. Exactly, yeah. I was <laughs> wondering... <laughs> anyway, uh, we'll do something about the traffic at some stage. Uh, mm. Pete Weatherburn from Brave Vet and Pete the Vet and the new scientist. Uh, <laughs> thanks for coming in.